the Interplanetary Podcast, the exploration of space for the benefit of all mankind. Your hosts here in London, Matthew Russell and Jamie Franklin. The Interplanetary Podcast. How ace is space? <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Thanks. Yeah. Welcome, guys, to the fifth podcast. So, Jamie, here we are, Podcast 5. Blimey, we are really getting through these. So what's been going on? Well, Juno was just inserting itself into Jupiter's orbit, and that all happened perfectly. Perfect little sweep by. Very, very close. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yes. Uh, yes, with its little British engine. Nice. Oh, it's all switched off. Uh, they have switched it on, but it hasn't done any kind of photography or science yet. Uh, yes, also in uh, the first week of uh, July we had uh, Mars Rover, had a little um, hiccup. Little hiccup. Had to switch the little boy off. Another thing yeah. that we had to turn off and on. Yeah. Well, yeah. not us, but somebody did. Uh, it was um, trundling along. Good word, that. Yeah, trundling along, along yeah. Uh, near <laughs> Mount Sharp, on the slopes of Mount Sharp. It does happen there. And uh, it's a little nuclear-powered power supplier tripped, and mm. so it forces it into um, low-power mode, because you can't really mess around with nuclear batteries. No, it never ends well. So, um, someone came in and said, uh, have you tried switching you, uh, it? You tried switching it on and off again? And uh, they did, and it's back up. It's up, up and running. It works. I don't, I don't think it's quite that simple, but and no. it's probably uploading some commands somewhere. Yeah. Like, control or delete. Do you reckon that's that? Yeah. Some kind of code. Some kind of code. Kids crazy call it, code. Yeah, 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 code. yeah. Coding. Coding. They've probably got some kids from some... I reckon they have. ...scratch class coding it up. Another interesting thing that happened in this whole first week was uh, some um, stuff that was released from some of the science that was recovered from the Hitomi Space Telescope. Yes. And we've talked about the Hitomi Space Telescope. It was a telescope that span out of control. It did, and it kind of bust itself. Completely into little pieces after a terrible um, software update. But Matt, I believe you're about to tell me that every cloud has a silver lining. Every cloud has a silver lining, including the gas clouds at the centre of the Perseus Galaxy Cluster, which uh, Hitomi managed to image with unprecedented precision, apparently 50 times greater precision than any previous instrument. Wow. So just that few, maybe even just a few hours or days of measurements, it's, it's got some useful information that they're able to sort of look into the centre of the Perseus Galaxy Cluster and see how the gas moves and the motion of the gas. Well, that, I'm glad, I'm happy for them that, you know, they've got something out of it. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of double-edged sword, isn't it, that? Because you, 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 really, you think, oh, I imagine if it had been running for a longer time, because it's obviously a, a completely functional telescope. Yeah. Thing. I can't imagine that. You, it's really hard to think of all the science that, that obviously could have been done already. Are there plans to build another? Uh, I believe that uh, they are. Uh, the Japanese are in negotiations with NASA to try and kind of build a replacement. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's not, the cheap, not the cheapest thing no, to it's do. Not, it's, it's really no. expensive, and obviously there's other budgets... And the budgets need to come from somewhere. This is it. Yeah. This is it. You can't print money, Matt. You certainly can't. Now, the first week of uh, July, just after the uh, fourth podcast, was um, uh, the first rocket launch of the of the month. There's only four rocket launches this month, really, of, of any kind of real note. Yeah, that's true. Should we uh, go through? Yeah, we'll go through them. On July the 6th, we had the Soyuz taking off 
obviously, uh, I believe, from Bakanor, as um, they do, Kazakhstan. And that's a four-month stay for who? Well, it's a four-month, yeah, it's a four, well, it's the trip up to the uh, International Space Station for Anadoly Ivanishin. Well said. Of Roscosmos, the cosmonaut. And you've got astronaut, flight engineer Kate Rubins of NASA. Mm-hmm. And you've got Takuyi Onishi. Nicely said again. Which one did you prefer at the pronunciations? I work for a Japanese company, so I'll go with the latter. Wow. Oishi desu, which means delicious. Is this, is this podcast delicious? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there one for golden delicious? I need to research that. Mm. Um, so a question, well, obviously Jamie and I know the answer to this, but uh, what is a Japanese astronaut called? Here right, uh, uh, but the Japanese astronaut um, might be a trick question, of course. Uh, Takuya Onishi. Yes. The date of the launch fell on Tanabata Star Festival. Mm. And uh, this is what he said, he says, About 30 years ago, I wrote my wish to become an astronaut. This dream has come true. And yesterday, I made a wish to have a normal flight. Unfortunately, there are no bamboo trees at Bakanor. But a week ago, we were planting trees here according to tradition. I put a piece of paper with a wish on a tree and will later take it with me. Wow, so he's, that. So he's taken a little piece of paper up with him for the Tanabata Star Festival. It's quite cute. Yeah, so MS-01 is the name of the Soyuz uh, capsule that they've gone up in, which is an updated version of the manned capsule. It had a few hitches last month. It was supposed to go up last month, but yeah. it didn't. So the space station actually has been up there with three people, rather yes. than their normal uh, full crew of say, six. very spacious for them. Yeah, they must have been bouncing around. Yeah. yeah. Probably bored. Probably throwing M&Ms up in the air. Yeah, and catching them in their mouth, yeah, and then posting, tweeting about it. Astronauts do. And then leaning out the window and taking ridiculous photos of Earth. Get a new job. So MSO-1 took a couple of days to catch up with the ISS, Mm. and and it it docked on July the 9th. Yes. And they're going to stay out, like you said earlier on, they're going to stay out for four months. Nice. Four months. Not a bad stay. little stay. But you know, they might have it extended. Even Tim Peake had his little stay extended. So it's true. Week mm-hmm. two was quite a big week actually, because um, it's the anniversary of the end of the shuttle program. Ah. So now, it is now five years since America have had the ability to put humans into space. Yes. Which hopefully will come to an end soon. With the, there's obviously a little bit of a tussle of who's going to do it first between Boeing and SpaceX. This is it. Who do you think's going to win? I think SpaceX will do it. I think SpaceX. Got Musk. Yeah. So SpaceX with his Dragon manned capsule, I think, will be launching Americans back up into space. I mean, well, just imagine so. how much rides on that because it's like, mm. I think about this. If the first launch of a SpaceX manned mission ends in disaster, that might be the end of SpaceX. Well, you'd think. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it would be. Let's hope not. Terrible. Well, I mean, I'm not. It doesn't come to that. Be absolutely horrendous. <coughs> the um, yes. So, Star Boeing is the Starliner, and that's uh, another sort of contender. Yeah. And also on the back on the on the heels of that, we spoke about it last week is the Dream Chaser. There we go. I love that name. Yeah, the Dream Chaser. Dream, Chaser. Dream, yeah. Dream Chaser. Dream Chaser. 
Heartbreaker. Dream Chaser. <laughs> Mewos 5 we talked about last month. And Atlas 5 took it up. But however, all that launch was completely successful. But one of the things it takes a long time to do is for the is for that final stage, the space tug section of it, to get the satellite into its correct orbit. Now there has been a problem. There's uh -oh. been a problem with Mewos 5. Do you pray? That uh, it's a $340 million satellite as well. And this is just for the Navy. This is like a, a, yeah. a, a reasonably secret uh, military device. And it's the fifth one. Uh, but it's having trouble getting up to its correct orbit. So mm. at the moment it's in kind of some kind of transfer orbit. And it's considered kind of in a safe place. Okay. And now they've got to... It's, something happened with the, with the actual fuel line in the... Uh, little space tug that takes it up to the correct position so now they're working out how they're going to do it are they going to refuel it or what well no they can't refuel it so they're just going to have to work out how how they're going to reconfigure this thing to get up to its mm. correct orbit interesting now this isn't actually that unprecedented so uh in 2010 the air force had a um communication satellite uh, which took more than a year to reach its geostationary orbit yeah. after a propulsion glitch. So it's still quite possible that they'll get this exceedingly expensive uh, satellite up to the uh, correct orbiting position. Nice. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. Good luck to you, gang. Good luck to you. Yeah, not always a bit disappointing to hear something that's kind of a bit, yeah. bit awry. Well, but know, then that's space. And I you think. know what's great, Matt, is hmm. that when something goes wrong, they're more likely to know for next time yeah. well, why that was. That's why I like that story. You've launched a satellite and you sort of get it into an orbit using the rocket, but then you've got to get it to another place. And can't if that just, goes wrong... can't just go anywhere. Yeah, if, if that goes wrong, it's a complete, it could be a complete waste of time. Not only a complete yeah. waste of time, it could start endangering other satellites, other satellites and, and creating a debris event. Space junk. Space junk. We don't want any more of that. There's enough already. An SJE space junk event. Oh, yeah. Hate those. Now, uh, also, the China's second space lab, this little space station, the Changong 2, <laughs> right, uh, arrived at the Changong Launch Center mm. uh, for launch in September. So, China right. are going to send up the Changong 2 in September. Stop upsetting people. No, that's got to be how it's pronounced <laughs> Changong. Okay. Changong too. Keep telling yourself. Mm. Well, it might, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pronounce it correctly. Okay, well, we admire that. Thank you. And uh, uh, China's first space station, the mm -hmm. Changong 1, Good. curiously named, <laughs> has hit the headlines because satellite trackers, and I love these guys, mm. who just sort of go out with their binoculars and telescopes. Now, are they more things. or less cool than train spotters? I think they've got to be cooler, aren't they? Probably they're cooler. like the space age version yeah, of the train yeah, spotter. Yeah. So they're cooler. I mean, because we're cool, so. So, these are the, they're cool. So. so, you know. So, if you're listening out there, uh, satellite spotters, which I'm sure you are. Ah. Hi. If I know them. Hi, satellite spotters. And I don't want to. <laughs> then they'll be listening in I want to no, I want to I'm, go only, I'm only kidding guys. I want to go around someone's house and see Get how they because it's quite complicated how they do you know, they, they, these are people that track the trajectory and then work out how far away it is and what direction it's moving etc etc and I've noticed something very odd with Chiang Gong 1 mm. 
and are basically saying that they think it's out of control and is very likely to start crashing into the Earth's atmosphere, oh, which led a lot of people to say, oh, it's going it's to come crashing down and hit populated areas. But in actual fact, this isn't unprecedented. There's been lots of bigger objects that have come down, most notably Skylab. Yeah, there's been a few others that have come down. So good. Yeah, glad to hear That's it. Fine. We'll but actually, we'll, we'll talk about a Chinese re-entry later on. Blimey, if that's not a cliffhanger, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but it's a good one. I really like that one as well. Yeah. So on July the 11th, a really exciting story for Britain, particularly post-Brexit Britain. This yeah. could, you know, in some ways, this might be the start of Britain leading the space race. This could, We could be talking about one of the most important events in British history. Right? Matt, are you talking about the development of engines? I am talking about Britain uh, giving the go-ahead for the funding of Alan Bond's reaction engines and their Sabre engine design and Skylon. So they've um, received a big chunk of money, £50 million pounds from Ooh. the UK Space Agency, which I think unlocks uh, some European funding as well. Nice. So, so they've decided, yes, this, this, is, this is technology that's provable, so they've jumped through the hoops and they've now got the money. So finally, the amazing reaction engines are being taken very seriously. Very seriously indeed, Which is yes. long overdue in my eyes. Yeah, well, I mean, so... Great stuff. But not only does it sort of open up a, a new way of... A different way of launching satellites that's more sort of reusable and quicker than even Elon Musk's. Mm. Elon Musk flies his Falcon up, it lands back down, but then it's really got to be sort of overhauled quite yeah. considerably before it can go back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he, he he tested. He actually did a, a hot fire test of one of the ones that has landed on the barge yeah. this month. Uh, but he's, he has no intention of flying that one. But he does. Well, in fact, this I think this month, isn't it, that he's going to That's try right. and attempt flying another uh, flying one that has landed. Yeah. So that is very exciting indeed. That's so it'll be really exciting. But um, Skylon should be able to sort of fly up. Deliver a payload, come back down, have a bit of uh, a bit rest, have, have a bit of a rest, have a quick engineers go through it, and then yeah. uh, go up straight again, just like just like jumbo jets and and etc. etc. Fly across the Atlantic, Why you know, you've got to fly That's over, the you've got to keep, you've got to keep them going. <clears throat> so that could be one thing, and also the uh, Sabre engine obviously opens up uh, international air travel. To yes. quite considerable speeds. Absolutely. So um, you can go up into the Earth's upper atmosphere, go into into orbit even, and come back down on the same engines. Nice. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. That's what we want. So yeah, that could, and then of course, obviously, if that's a British industry that's happening here, just like Rolls Royce. Absolutely. So uh, yes, yeah, so we could once again take our place in the international space community. We've been away too long. Yeah, we have really. I think everyone's going, where have the Brits been? We're back. Maybe Tim Peake is the first sign we of are resurgence. And maybe reaction engines can be part of this new space movement. Absolutely. And, and if this is a ball game, yeah. guess who's commentating? <laughs> hey? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two other guys here better than that. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, not at all. Brian, Co- Brian Cox and Duro Breen. Oh, come oh. on. They're cronies. Mm. Only kidding, you want guys. Want people about the same age. Your ace, in fact. Brian, if you're listening, we'd love to interview you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brian, come on the yeah. show. Yeah. About Dara, come on the show. Both of them. Yeah, let's Please. do it. 
Oh yes, and also the UK government invested about uh, another four million pounds in the National Space Propulsion Facility at Westcott. X. Westcott being the home of the engine that Juno flew. Yes. Now week three. Week three. What happened on July the sixteenth, forty-seven years ago? Oh, was it? Uh the moon mission. It was the moon. Not just any moon mission. Not just any. But moon the mission. the moon mission. Apollo 1969. What incredible history. Yeah. Uh, what was brilliant on Twitter is that uh, there was a, a Twitter feed that was ev- everything that was happening 47 years ago to the second. Yes. So that was really fun to kind of watch and follow. Really nice. Really. And cool. as you mentioned in your notes on the blog. What was incredible to see was the customs forms oh. when they came back. Oh my god, it's the best thing How ever. How incredible is that? Yeah, the customs form. Brilliant. It's so genius. Wasn't there like moon moon rock? Oh yeah, yeah. So, the, uh, uh, yeah, what they des- to declare. Destination Hawaii um, coming from the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Spacecraft. Yeah. Saturn V or it was yeah. just absolutely amazing. So good. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah, goods carried. Moon rocks and moon dust. Unbelievable. Do you think they got duty free on the way back? Or? I don't think they did. Well, there was no. a bit, but just after that, I also saw Buzz Aldrin tweeting his expense forms. Really? Yeah, he, I think he claimed something like six six dollars thirty two cents for expenses. What What were the expenses? I don't know. I don't know. I should have looked more carefully. Oh. I was too busy laughing. Maybe it was a half bottle of Johnny <laughs> Walker for the journey. Or maybe he's a good question. Has anyone drunk alcohol in space? Ooh. Are they allowed beers on the ISS? Well, that, is a, that is a good question. I, I, have, I, don't no, know. I have no idea if beers allowed on. Guys, again, uh, please shall tweet we have a, in. Shall we have a guess? You, you go guess. What are you going to go with? <clears throat> I'm going to say that no alcohol is allowed on the ISS. I don't know. I'm sure that people have had a beer before in space, but I don't think that they really? allow alcohol on the ISS. I'm not because I've never heard of the. I would have thought that they don't want people to uh, get inebriated. Imagine how expensive it is to take a bottle of beer into space, though. What happens to the gas? Oh yeah, well maybe that might. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Great question. Right, right, that's going to be answered on. Matt, can you tell people if they want to tweet in because this is exciting now? Okay, yeah. People want to tweet in. What's the handle? Tweet in is um, interplanetary pod. Interplanetary. Interplanetary. Let's pod. do that again. It's interplanetary pod. Oh, it actually is. <laughs> it actually, is interplanetary pod. Okay. But if you go to the website, you get links to all. The hey Matt, as we're going off off kilter, um, I was thinking about because, as you know, I sent you the link last week to uh, Jack White's um, third man records attempt to play a record in inverted space. commas space, mm-hmm. um, which was amazing actually, and a great little machine. That, was still working after it crash landed in some minefields, but um, it made me think. When you say minefields, is that where people post those like short videos? Uh, I think I'm at vineyards. Oh, right. Apologies. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was wondering, do they have music on the space station? Yes, they do, don't they? Yeah, do they? And if they do, well, they've taken the time. Yeah, but I mean, you know, uh, do but they have radio? Apparently. They can even record hit singles. Can they it. put can they put a CD on? Yeah, they can definitely do that. I wonder Maybe what they listen to. Do you think there's any arguments? Uh, Tim Peake, turn the drum and bass down. Sort of yeah, thing. I think I think that was it. Well, do, well, Tim Peake kept tweeting lots of different songs. Now playing. Do you think he now was playing. now playing? But I don't know whether they were now playing or they were Yeah, just, or whether he was just, just 
Because a lot of them are space-themed. Yeah, basically what we're doing is displaying our ignorance. But Matt, what's the definition of intelligence? People who know that they're ignorant. Well, yeah. Is that right? The more you realise you don't Don't know, the more you you know. know. Nice. Is that a new jingle? (laughs) Space, uh, the Interplanetary Podcast. The more you know... The more you don't don't know, know, the more more you know. know. Okay, so there we go. If anyone can tweet in about beer and music on the space station, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I definitely would. Beer and music. Those are the two, they're the two things we just no idea really. What what, I'm about. a fan of both. Yes. I really am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you are. Yeah. Um, so, what's, well, what's, what's the point? What's <laughs> <laughs> the point of opening up space if oh, you couldn't have beer and music? I mean, I tell you what, that's so true. Yeah. It's like Winston Churchill when he said, well, we, they, we, they said, oh, we're going to have to cut the arts fund. Um, to pay for the war and he said well what are we fighting for then oh, that's so brilliant true. isn't it I'm I said winning. the same thing about the Olympics and we were moaning about the cost of it it's like well, what do you want them to spend the money on yeah oh. exactly schools hospitals bah. oh come on let's have some fun exactly <laughs> let's run around <laughs> yeah let's run around and watch people have fun what's the point otherwise right so anyway what's coming up so, uh, on July the 16th, we had the second Soyuz in a row. That was a supply ship this time. What was it carrying? Tons of food. Oh, Tons yes. of food, supplies, a bit of fuel. Uh, again, it took off from Bakunov in, uh, in Kazakhstan. Here's a question. You say tons of food, Matt. Now, I don't know this, and I don't know whether you do, but is there a ratio to what they have every time? Do they mix it up in terms of the treats they get? Obviously, I assume that they have to have their five a day. Uh, I think there's a set payload for treats and personal effects. So there's that, so that the the astronauts are sort of given a certain weight and size in post and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so that they can say you can have this amount, and then and then that that's it. And do you think they get their choice? Could they say, well, I'd oh, like, yeah, no, no. I'd like I'd... a Mars bar, please? Yeah, so you can fill that weight up with whatever you want. So you could just have one item. Yeah, but if Tim Peake said he wanted just Mars bars, I assume that they'd say, well, Tim, come on, we need you to have some veg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I should imagine that the rest of the food is compulsory food. Right. As in, like... A... I've got you. So, right, so, so, yeah, so, yeah, no, the tr- so okay. yeah, I'm saying, yeah, so... All I get it, coming I get up is, saying. like, meals that have been special. And they do make an effort with making the meals with mm. Tim Peake had old Heston Blumenthal cooking really I was yeah. going to say do we know who makes the foods well I, I, Heston Blumenthal came up with a few recipes but I would imagine that there, 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 will, there will be a department in NASA that, that, that is so dedicated to that so is it classic Heston was it like eggs with caramel yeah it, it was um, sea snail ice cream <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. yeah that's what it was with, with, with fish and chips sounds, sounds delicious um, to remind Tim of being in an English oh, yes. English holiday resort. Oh, that's it. That's beautiful. Although he did want pizza when he first got back. You can't send up that's a fresh... That's because he had enough of Blooming Eating, yeah, Heston Blumenthal's uh, Nouveau Cuisine. I wonder what pizza he went for, what's up him? I would think he would have gone for Hawaiian. You reckon? Yeah, because it's where Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong bit of ham and pineapple after their... Uh, so yeah, so we, we we got loads of stuff being delivered to the old space station. Again, it took a couple of days to catch up with the space station. Yeah, progress capsule is on the side, gets dot there for six months. They fill it up with rubbish. They fill it up with slowly fill it up with rubbish, 
and then it burns up in the atmosphere, the Progress ones do. Unlike the MSO-1, which I'm sure will be used to fly them. one way of recycling. Yeah. It's annoying though, isn't it? It is annoying. Uh, yeah. So the Progress line of disposable automated spacecraft have flown more than 140 flights in three decades. Wow. This is one workhorse of a, of a spacecraft. Yeah. 140 of them. That's a lot. And only two have never reached their destination, including one last year, which kind of sort of crawled up and then it just started spinning out of control. And because it was too dangerous to bring it near the ISS, they just let it burn back up in the atmosphere. Yeah, that's a shame, but not a bad ratio. The following day, we had a SpaceX CRS 9 oh. cargo vehicle yeah. launching from Cape Canaveral. In Florida. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just explain that. That's yeah. the beginning of a song by uh, Connor Oberst called Cape Canaveral. Huh. I was about to launch into song, but I thought I'd just give you that. I thought, like, the name it in one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Cape Canaveral. I oh, saw your oh. legends lined up and so, I never felt more natural. Oh, he, he rhymes O, O, O and natural with. Cape Canaveral. He's a clever man. He's the Dylan of our times. SpaceX had some interesting uh, cargo on board. Uh, they had 5,000 pounds of car cargo. Wow. Sorry for UK listeners for doing it in pounds. Although older UK listeners were like that. Absolutely. You know, European listeners won't like it at all. Um, what do you mean, wait? Uh, <laughs> uh, this, uh, including a little miniature DNA sequencing device. Nice. Uh, and a second chance for SpaceX to fly the International Docking Adapter 2. Now that's a really important piece of kit to put on the uh, space station so that they can actually start having uh, a whole group of different spacecraft docking to the space station. Matt, can I just go back to DNA sequencer? Mm -hmm. Did you say sequencer? Yeah, it's a sequencer. It sounds like they're planning to clone people yeah, in well, space. So what, in, I'm a bit worried. What's happening? Because it's so expensive to take people up to the um, space station. What yeah. they're going to do is they're just going to clone the astronauts that are there. Yeah. And then just use those. It's like Dolly the Sheep all over again. Yeah, it's, it is. That's not what's going to happen. <laughs> they're just going to be sequencing DNA up on the International Space Station to have a look at how it um, how that all pans out in microgravity Phew. and lots of other experiments I should imagine absolutely one obviously serious piece no of clone wars quite yet yeah. no okay so yeah the Falcon 9 rocket that released the Dragon cargo managed to um, land back down God bless it. On on land this time, so it didn't do it on a barge, but oh, landed oh, it oh. back down on another sort of part of Cape Canaveral. Absolutely. And there's a fantastic photo of a time lapse photo yeah. of the dragon, the sorry, the falcon going up, going above the clouds, and then it stops. You can't see the flame anymore, and then another arc as it comes back down and lands on the. Uh, that was a great photo. Land. Musk after that sort of said. Uh, tweeted really tempting to redesign upper stage for return to he's such a show-off yeah but we love him it says falcon heavy has enough power but probably best to stay focused on the mars rocket i, agree. I mean what i mean just take that one sentence really tempting to redesign upper stage for return to falcon heavy has enough power 
but probably best to stay focused on the Mars rocket. I mean, let's just pin That's that one, quite unpack it, and go, wow, there's a lot yeah. going on in that sentence. Not many people could say that no. and not be laughed at. No. And one really cool picture that I did see is the capsule, is the cargo capsule chasing the ISS down. So, really? you know when you go out at night and you can see the very bright ISS as it goes over? Yeah. Which happened to me the other night, in fact. Nice. I saw a brilliant uh, pass over. But just behind it would have been another white dot chasing uh-huh. and that would be the, that would have been your uh, SpaceX cargo vessel, the craft running along uh, behind it and someone took a very good picture of it a little you know one of those where from tends to, just from his back garden probably. in England yeah yeah in England oh, yeah nice. yeah yeah it's a really good shot absolutely is um, well NASA at the same time were uh, evaluating how much SpaceX mission to Mars that you talked so eloquently Oh, thank last, you. Uh, last month, and they reckon it's going to cost SpaceX three hundred million dollars. I'm thinking to myself, that's a real bargain, isn't it? If SpaceX can put the Red Dragon on Mars for three hundred million in 2018, yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? That is insane. That's cheaper than that lost Muos Five. Uh, yeah, how much was that? Satellite. That was like three hundred and seventeen million. Yeah. Although I did read another another blog saying it's four hundred and seventy one million, so I don't know which one. To mm. um, uh, and I'll tell you what was happening at the same time was the Farnborough Air Show. Oh yeah. That I went. Oh my gosh. You loved it, didn't oh, you? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. The air show itself was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Like brilliant. But um, like obviously they've got like a space stand there as well. Yeah. And. Uh, the UK Space Agency are there, Reaction Engines were there. Nice. My friends from Did Google. Did you say hello? Yeah, yeah, obviously. We all had a little chat with loads of people, yeah. and uh, my friends from Goon Hilly were there. Nice. Uh, but they also had a brilliant, uh, they had the little model of the uh, ESA ro- uh, Mars rover. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. But my favourite bit, I had a little chat with uh, a guy from Kinetic. Yeah. Who are obviously one of the sorts of big uh, military stroke uh, uh, space companies in the in the um, UK. Yeah. And first of all, he was showing me his uh, the, their version of the international docking adapter. Yeah. And I was having a look at that and how it all kind of. And then he showed me his ion propulsion engines. And ion propulsion engines—they're they're the most exciting thing ever. Do pray. Do pray. Jacqueline Dupre. I mean, you know, tell us more. <laughs> Do tell. So, uh, yeah, uh, for example, Dawn, the incredibly successful spacecraft that mm-hmm. has been, that is now uh, under orders of NASA, staying at Ceres, yeah. and uh, orbiting Ceres, has got there using its beautiful ion propulsion. Now, I don't know if you know how ion propulsion works. Well, I, I, I do, but I prefer you to talk well, about it. Well, you know, so the, the, it, it was explained to me. While, while actually, you know, looking at these actual engines sat there, the, yeah. I, the I-9, I think it was, the I-6 as well. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at it, and um, it basically, instead of... Ch- you've got kind of two alternatives. You can either heat... You can either pump fuel into a nozzle yeah. and heat it up and make it explode 
preferably, so it gets so hot that it's esca escaping at a very fast velocity. Mm. The faster you can chuck something out the back, yeah, the more of a reactionary force you'll have something pushing it forward. That's mm -hmm. how rockets work. Iron propulsion works in exactly the same thing, but instead of chucking tons of stuff out the back very fast, you chuck tiny amounts out the back insanely fast. Right. So, so what they kind of over the years they've developed this thing where you kind of where you're firing ions out at the back through a little a metal grid that accelerates them to insane speeds. Yeah. And so you're using very very little propellant. But you're gaining quite a bit of thrust. Wow! And it's brilliant. So you don't have to carry that much propellant. They're used. They're, there's no. They're, they're no good for taking off Earth because you can't get anywhere near enough thrust yeah. out of them. But in terms of a kind of thing that you can switch on and switch off, and 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 uh, it's powered by a solar array in the in the in the case of Dawn, uh -huh. so they can use its power, its solar array power to get the the, the speed of the ions out. So you don't you use very little propellant. You yeah. Turn, very very clever. That's really exciting. Yeah, so I mean, they they are kind of like the, the, they you know in the last sort of twenty years they. Have we should put a YouTube clip up of of one working. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely will. I'm sure there's something. <clears throat> there must be. Well, I mean, it, there's some, quite a few art, good articles about how really after the success of the Dawn mission, how ion propulsion is really the the the, the very the future. future, the future of of that kind of space travel. Nice. So yeah, very very exciting. So yes, I actually saw. A couple up closely personal, so that was very there exciting. You go. And lots of big models of things like the new Ariane Six. Oh, I mean, the Five was good, but Five was good, but Ariane Six could be could be genius. Uh, July the eighteenth saw legendary John Glenn mm. celebrate his ninety fifth birthday. Happy birthday, John! Also, uh, yeah, Virgin Galactic's new spacecraft. Matt, I know something about this. Now, did you know that uh, Professor Stephen Hawking... I've heard of him. Yes, he, uh, he's obviously been uh, very excited about everything Virgin Galactic since its inception and was obviously offered uh, a free uh, space on board one of the first manned missions um, by Richard Branson. Uh, you know, just a mere $300,000 ticket. Um, and uh, of course, very quickly he accepted and said, you know, if he was still up for taking him, that he'd love it. Um, now, Richard Branson has been on record as when he was pushed, because people are saying, well, you're not giving dates anymore about when you're going up mm -hmm. because you keep failing at telling us this. Um, but he said he would be amazed if uh, within two years he wasn't in space, i.e., he reckons that in under two years, the start of the manned Virgin Galactic missions will start. I'm going to call that putting an Elon timeline on it. Ah, uh, yeah, I like I see yeah. what he's done there. Yeah, because that is like, he's proper pushing the envelope there, isn't he? He that really is, is. bless him. But uh, what he's done is, um, Stephen Hawking is basically, oh, how are we doing? Yeah, we're doing fine. Cool. Um, so yeah, what's happened is uh, Richard Branson has very, very nicely said that he wants uh, there to be a more permanent part of Stephen Hawking on the mission. And so what he's done is actually put the image of Stephen Hawking's eye on the flag 
that the that is being waved around by the the lovely Virgin Lady on the side of the uh, spacecraft. Wow! How nice is that? Yeah, and the Virgin Lady herself, I think, harks back to a sort of golden age of aviation, Absolutely. where you see those kind of boat ships or ship boats. Yeah. What are they called? Plane boats, boat boat planes, <laughs> boat planes. What are they called? Boat planes. Are Can you tell us this that we both had one beer? <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? Boat planes? Seaplanes. Uh, seaplanes. So those seaplanes used Ooh. to always have pictures of, we got of women on the side, yeah, waving flags. And there's one now. There's one just now, I can hear it. Yeah, there we go. Perfect timing. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that's pretty exciting. So do you think... Um, because they've just been awarded their um, aviation license for Spaceship right. Two. Yes. So do you think do you think they will actually be taking commercial rides then in the next two years? That's what. Or will Richard Branson just be risking it himself? No, that's what. Well, yeah, good point. But by his tone, I, I, I must admit, presumably once Branson's gone on it, everyone's going to go. Oh well, obviously he trusts. Yeah, that I don't think he's going to be taking many. <clears throat> Um, I, I think that they will obviously, be in that in that case, be manned missions before then. But uh, do we call them missions? Well, it won't be missions, will it? Oh, Flights, yeah. trips, trips, man trips. Yeah. Oh, do you know what my 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 least favourite stories? Oh, the, what's happened? Uh, in in the fourth week of July. Mm. Remember little Philae? Oh yeah, little Philae. She landed on the comet. Yeah. Finally switched it, switched it off. Oh. So they've switched off communication, and she can never, never. Uh, was it something she said? <laughs> it was. I think it's because it was something she didn't say. Oh. I think it's because she didn't manage to sort of anchor herself in a nice sunny spot on the comet. Oh, it's such a shame. It is such a shame. What but, a sad thought that the power's um, gone. Yeah, but there's. She did get quite a bit of um, science off the. Uh, just on the, in the a few hours that she was switched on. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, have you ever heard this noise? There we go. That was a little sound oh, bite yeah. of um, Philae hammering the comet. Wow. Yeah, so there's a little audio file called is that? That sounds like an album you might have made. Yeah, called Hammering a Comet. Hammering the Comet by M. Russell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the album after my album, Art Soul. Yes. Which... How many did that sell? No, no. Minus one. <laughs> <laughs> you know the story. Oh, come on. And then we on to the fourth and final yeah. launch of uh, July was the Atlas V again, carrying mm. Enrol 61. Nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's gone up into orbit. That seems like it's um, okay. And on the same day as that, yeah. people in Utah in the western US states, and this is referring to something I said earlier on about yes. Chinese re-entry, a lot of people were looking up at the sky and they saw this enormous fireball. Now you've got to see the YouTube footage of I've this. Seen it. it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Yeah. It just lasts for ages yeah. and ages and ages, really bright fireball going on and on and on. And that up. was last month my last month's favorite launch the long march 7 mm. as we remember it's a brand new rocket and from a brand new space complex yeah uh that was the uh, the spent 
rocket burning up in the skies over Utah. Awesome. Yeah, really awesome. That's amazing. Imagine seeing that. So how come all of these rocket casings don't give us a brilliant display like that? Is there, is there something special about the Long March 7 mm. that meant that that happened? We can't do this month without mentioning Pokemon Go. Can you play it? Can you play it in space? And what's the answer? NASA said no. No, oh. you can't. Fun ruiners. Yeah, basically, the mobile phones that they have in space are for specific purposes only. No apps. They're not allowed to just download Pokemon Go and see if there's a Pikachu hanging around in the in one of the modules. Well, how am I going to catch Mewtwo? I don't know. Is that well, one? Just, yeah, well, I don't know. My kids go on about them. I can never don't remember their names. Don't pretend you don't no, know what's really, No, what's really annoying is that I try and remember their names to, to impress them and say, oh, of course, like pretend I'm playing on my phone yeah. to annoy them. But I can never, I can never, <laughs> yeah. I can never name one. Classic dad mistake. Yeah, they basically, they're all over it. I, they, I, I can't, I can't. Well, I think it's probably a good thing because, you know, otherwise Peak would have been all over it, wouldn't he? And he'd have never got any science experiments done. Hmm. Um, now, I've got something uh, uh, interesting little side note is that uh, NASA have to book a rocket to take that uh, 2020 Mars rover so they booked the Atlas V mm. the reason why they booked the Atlas V is because it's nuclear certified you can't just send it up on any old rocket no way you've got to send it up on one that's so reliable it's unlikely to spray the entire content nuclear contents all over the uh, uh, all over Cape Canaveral. Look, I want no if spraying goes wrong. on the Cape. That's exactly what Superman said That's to it. Robin. <laughs> so, thanks very there much. There we have it. There we have it. Podcast number five, done and dusted. Done and dusted. Thank you very much for listening. Please join us again next month. Yeah. We'll try and get it nearer to the end of the month rather than five days after. We can do week. that. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that for you next time. Absolutely, and we will have some answers of the stuff we were talking about. Yeah, we about. definitely have some answers for you. And if you've got any questions, any more questions, please yeah. write in. I was promised by Justin Young that he was going to come up with a new catchphrase. Has he come up with one? No, he hasn't. So he needs to Justin. pull... Justin! needs to pull his finger out. If he, if he could. It's just lazy, No, it's a little bit. Although he did say he enjoyed Andy Buse's It's Straight Up. It's, basically it's a good up. one. But, um, you know, let's see what else you got. Yeah. I think I'm still going with the interplanetary podcast, putting the ace back into space. I mean, that, that is a classic one. You have a go at saying it. Putting the ace back into space. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thanks, guys. And see we'll you see in you podcast in, number six. See you in a month. Bye.